Hello, hello, hello. Here we are live. Let me pull this blind down here and turn this light on. There we go. Ah, I was so excited. Forgot to get ready 100%. Anyway, Scott Stanfield here. This is It's My Friday, and I am Scott Stanfield, a modern longevitarian, also the restaurant GM coach. I'm just me. I just what I love about this show is that I can dig into the wide spectrum of things that interest me. And it ranges from, I was just talking about NASCAR and sports and longevity, health span. And it also is in leadership and being a husband and uh, being a, a dad and, and a son to my parents who are still around. But no matter what you do, no matter when you do it, no matter any of those things, the uh, most important thing you can do for your health today and your health tomorrow is sleep. And that's why I wrote a book called Outstanding Landing, How to Get the Sleep of Your Dreams. Now it's for a download free. All you got to do is give me your email just for a couple minutes for so we know where to send it. You can unsubscribe immediately um, because I just want this information to be out in the world. Um, and it's modernlongevitarian.com forward slash sleep, or you can just go to modernlongevitarian.com and they'll be on the right hand side. Uh, you can see uh, it or this in the toolbar. And it really goes over how to construct an evening routine, how important breathing is while you're sleeping, um, how to get your sleep type, because most people don't really know their sleep type, and, uh, and, and some really, really cool things that you can do even to uh, clear your mind, set your bedroom up the right way. So it's these seven chapters on, on that. And so um, it's super important. And that's one thing I really learned as a restaurant manager with different shifts and having the open, close and open. You guys know what that is. And uh, just wanted to um, uh, say, go get that book, download for free, get the best sleep of your that you've ever can get. And it will truly help not only how you feel tomorrow morning, but how you feel the morning 50 years from now, right? Because sleep is that important. Now let's move into today's guest, uh, Rachel Elnani. She, this is amazing. It's going to be super fun. We've only spoken on the phone just for a couple minutes, but we've been uh, connected on LinkedIn and, and Instagram for uh, for a while now. And she has uh, she specializes in things that are super, super important for all of us. And so I'm going to bring her on the show right now. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Scott. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, too. Good. All right, here we go. Let me get one more thing. I got to click here and then there we go. All How are right. we doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm the one man band, right? So I'm like make, making the graphics. I'm, uh, uh, and having to click all the buttons here while this is going on. Cause this is live. Right. So there's no editing going on. Right. So it looks great. Um, I love it. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I love graphic design. That's another thing that I, that I love, right. Is, um, is designing things and, um, and, and, uh, and, and, and it's like, uh, it's like I was an artist. I didn't even know I was an artist, right. Cause it's, it's super fun. Yeah. A lot of that comes from designing menus over the years, right. You know, and really trying to you know look for the, the white space and that, and that type of stuff. So, well, anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you. So, um, Tell me, what do you do day in and day out during the day? And uh, then we'll figure out how you got how you got there. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I'm a mom. So I put that before anything else. 
Secondly, um, I'm a functional trainer. I started at a very young age in a gym and I worked up through physical personal training. And what I found in that process and that practice was that I wasn't helping clients the way that I really wanted to, not fully. And I started deep diving into food, not just what they give you when you get a personal training certificate, right? The basics of protein, carbs, and fats. But how does food affect us? How does food affect each of us individually? And based on our body type or based on our blood type or based on where we grew up and what our DNA is and how it affected me. So my my very beginning of this was I um, I was working like 15 hour days, starting a business with my then husband and um, working a regular job to pay the mortgage. And I was pregnant. And so I had all this stuff going on okay. and I had this baby and this baby had all sorts of issues. And I quickly figured out by studying and understanding my body and the baby's body that it this baby had issues because of me. <laughs> mm. I, I just housed this baby for nine months and anything wrong with this baby is because of me. Mm. So I started changing my diet. I started, and of course I was nursing and so that changed um, how the baby reacted to that. And that just, that propelled me onto a whole new journey of teaching myself and teaching others what what food and sleep and the amount of water and things like that really do for your mind and your body. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. You know, um, you know, my wife and I obviously have, have made some changes as well, you know, because of our kids, right. we see the, you know, we were vegetarians, pescatarians for a long time and um, we started seeing things happen in our kids, right. With their teeth and that type of stuff. And so, mm -hmm major changes in our diet because we realized we weren't doing the, the right things with as, as we could have with them. Mm -hmm. So, right. Um, and so lots of uh, it's just trial and error, right? Like you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. You know, because I, what I, what I love what you said was, is that what was right for you, right? Mm -hmm. what, what is right for you? And, and the mm -hmm. same thing is, is that you think about just, uh, you know, a husband and a wife, right? You've got different genes. You got similar interests, right? That's why you're together. Right. But your genes are different. Your micro, you know, biome is different. Mm -hmm. The amount of antibiotics you've had are different, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you know, like I'm like, you know, I'm from the South. I'm from South Carolina. I, I grew up eating really, really, really bad, right? And I can't, I think it goes back seven generations where I can even trace anybody that came from Europe. And it's like my wife's grandparents came from Europe. So, they ate super healthy growing up and, and were, you know, it was just different for her. And so she had a better foundation than I did. And so, you know, what, what is the individual? So, you know, it's like what I need to feel healthy is different than what she needs to feel healthy. Cause I got to repair some damage, right? right. That I did, you know, eating honey buns and orange Gatorade for breakfast for years. Right. And drinking six Mountain Dews a day. And, you know, and, uh, you right. know, you're and, in the Appalachians where they put Mountain Dew in bottles. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's like, um, you know, and, and, you know, for this is a very local thing. If anybody's seeing this for my friends going to Zesto and having a chicken snack or a double, you know, a Zesto burger, you know, with no slaw, extra fries, I wouldn't even get the one healthy thing. I would get no slaw and extra French fries. Right. 
And that meant extra ketchup or high fructose corn syrup, you know, or going to rushes or any, those are all like local. That's kind of like, a, and you're in Utah too, right? So let's tell mm -hmm. everybody we're both in Utah. That's yeah. like um, Hires Big H here, right? Right. So right. it's like, I'm mentioning some very local South Carolina, West Columbia, Columbia, you know, fast food restaurants are going to Groucho's and having their, you know, Groucho's is a deli, right? That, uh, but anyway, those type of things, repairing the damage of doing those, that, that type of stuff. So um, functional trainer, right? You mm -hmm. put into food and then mm -hmm. um, what's, what else you got going on? I don't want to keep talking here. Okay. So I call myself a gutologist, which is a Rachel coined phrase and description. <laughs> um, really, when I was trying to figure out how to describe to people what I do, it just turned into that. I, I, and someone kind of just mouthed off, it's almost like you do gutology, because I come from this place to help people where I really pay attention to the gut. Because as you know, like 80% of our serotonin right there, right? Like, we have to make sure we're taking care of the gut and it's almost like start at the center and it moves out. And so that's where I focus. And when it came down to it, it was like, yeah, I study the gut. I work at helping people to heal their guts. I'm a gutologist. And um, people ask a lot of questions about it and I love it because then I get to say, yeah, how's your gut? You know, what are the things that you could maybe improve on? Because in this day and age, especially if you live in America, there is something going on in your gut. I can promise that, right? <laughs> Even you and I that take such good care of our body, right? We pay attention to this. We teach it. There's still, we are still human. It's still going to happen. The stress, number one, right? Sleep gets off because of kids or a situation. We don't drink enough water that day. Or heavens to Betsy, we had cake at a birthday party. <laughs> Yeah. So there's just there's just a million things that can happen. So we just got to make sure to start there first. Yeah, I agree with you. Health starts uh, at your in your gut and works its way out. Mm -hmm. And then I think I also think, and you're a functional trainer, and you can. This is for my years of training. Is that strength starts in the core and works its way out. It does. Yep. And um, you, know, you know, it's the link between the upper and lower body. You know, when you're studying like uh, how to increase swing speed with golf, they're like the core is the link between the because the, you have to push off the ground and rotate, and the, and the core is that. But I started doing some, you know, some really, um, uh, you know, intense core exercising um, and, and complete workouts, just like for this integrative core stuff, mm -hmm. and it totally changed the way that that I, you know, that I moved and my strength and those type of things. Um, and so I got a feeling that we could be live for the maximum four hours because you're like in my top, my top tier, um, pillars here. This is going to be, um, super cool. Okay. So a, a gutologist mm -hmm. and, um, a real love coach, right? A real love coach. Yeah. So a real love coach is based on the book, real love written by Greg Bayer. He's a great guy. Um, him and his wife run a fabulous institute. And I, I came out of a marriage, a very long relationship, 17 years, about four years ago. And I really wanted to deep dive into what went wrong, right? I, I know, right? <laughs> You're in it. You know, there's a lot of things going wrong, but I didn't want to have that experience again. I didn't want to have anger around me. I didn't want to have 
anything that wasn't peaceful. And so I just started searching for what the best human would look like for me, right? Every Everybody has their own things. But right. for me, I wanted to really learn how to love. I got in that relationship when I was 19. Mm -hmm. I never really dated. It's the only person that I've ever really been with. And so coming out of that, I was like, wow, you know, going into 40 and dating, you're like, yeah, this, this is different. <laughs> um, and I, everybody has their baggage and I wanted to be able to really love myself, accept myself, and then put my best foot forward and be able to do that for others as well. So I became a real love coach and it's really just breaking down the barriers where you keep your boundaries, but you're able to unconditionally love yourself and love others. Um, and be able to accept. I think that's more than anything. We say unconditional love, but it's the real acceptance of every single person is different. Uh, as I've done this, I realize we, we want to control. Our human nature is to control. And if we cannot control our own selves, right, give our own selves boundaries and give our own selves the discipline that we need to become the people that we want, we look outward and want to control others. Mm. And that's where the breakdown happens is <laughs> you trying to control someone else. They may take it for a minute <laughs> and they may even internalize it as love. Well, this person loves me. No, no, no. That's control. And we need to break that down and understand. Let's step back. Let's look at ourselves and learn to control ourselves in a good sense, but keep it, keep it in that box. Right, right. You know, for me, I think one of the things that um, I have, what I feel like I have ultimate control over is my diet, right? I think that's the one thing that I can like, okay, I can work out and I can th this time and my schedule mm -hmm. and that stuff, mm -hmm. but it doesn't always work out. And I, I, you know, it's like when people start, you know, questioning me on like what I'm eating and when I'm eating it and things like that, I was like, hey, I got this. This is the one thing that I can like, you know, <laughs> keep control over. But, you know, as a restaurant manager and a leader, you know, you think I, I've, you know, managed restaurants that do 900 covers a day. Right. And, um, I came up with this term called dancing with an elephant and, um, it's dispersed from, you know, my management style was called the way of the rhino. So I've, I've been like writing these things and doing this. So this way of the rhino and the only thing bigger on the, on the Savannah than the rhino is the elephant. Right. And initially it was the, the elephant was my boss. And I had to, because they had more power than me, they were bigger than me, right? And I had to, and I, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't lead that dance, but then it came bigger, right? It became this bigger meaning as I started explaining this to people. And that was a chapter in the original outline for this book called The Way of the Rhino. And now it's like when you go in and you manage a restaurant, you're, you're hired as a manager and, and it's doing, you know, 500, 600, 900 people a day, you know, I'm, I'm not in control of the whole thing. I'm in control of maybe some things, but I can only hope that I can influence the dance. Right. Right. You know, and that's even if you take that to relationships, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, like you said, you don't really know people. People want to be in control of their own thing. You're trying to be in control of your own thing. And you're dancing with this thing that is bigger than you. And you're just hoping that you can build enough trust with this elephant, Right that you can influence a couple steps of the dance, right? Right. I can't control a pandemic, right? No. I, I can't control, 
You can only control how you react to everything going on around you, right? That's a classic, right? Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you respond, right? Exactly. That's the the, the classic thing. And um, I I don't think we really truly know people until they get in super stressful situations, right? And then that adds into the whole element of things, right? And and how they process process those things. Wow, this is going to be super, super interesting. My, I, you know, my wife and I have taken, you know, you know, classes. Even at, we've been together since 1999, and um, one, one very interesting one um, is uh, called Simba: Save Your Marriage Before It Starts. But we had already been married, but it, it was super, you know, cool. It was written by a husband and wife. They happen to have the same name, Leslie. So it's Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott. They're um, Christian uh, professors at a university in Seattle. And, um, you know, very, very interesting thing where you talk about you bring a way of living life together in or to a relationship. And um, it may and it may be something as different as like, is the ketchup bottle on the on this is an example he uses is the ketchup bottle on the table or is ketchup in a dish with a spoon on the table, which way you, you do those things. Right. And, and, oh and because so the way that we were taught growing up living life is a way of living life is not the way of living right. life. Exactly. Right. And it may be like who pays the bills in the house or, you know, or, you know, you know, or, you know, all those different things. It's like we are taught a way of doing things that may be different than the person that we fell in love with. Right. Right. It is. And you don't realize any of those things, even if you're in a long relationship until you're deep into living together and, you know, trudging through the mud. You're like, yeah. oh man, yeah. <laughs> this is it's, hard. <laughs> just like, so my wife falls asleep with the TV on. It doesn't work for me, yeah. right? It just doesn't. I just, it, it's hard yeah. for me to fall asleep. But I used to fall asleep listening to music, you know, and now it's more like, um, you know, it may be a meditation, you know, or something that I'm listening to, you know, sleep meditation or, or something and some background noise because my ears ring from all my years racing, going to concerts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I need something to kind of drown out that piercing, you know, uh, sound coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all started for you really with um, functional or training, being a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. How did you get to, you know, very young age? How did you get into being a personal trainer? Oh, um, I grew up in Florida, small town, central Florida, and I was super active. I played as many sports and I was a cheerleader, weightlifting, gymnastics, tennis, golf, all those things in high school on teams. And we didn't, this was a, a one blinking light town. I mean, there was nothing there. It was a county high school. And one of my friend's mother's had recently got divorced and decided she was going to become a personal trainer and opened up this tiny little gym in town. And, um, you know, I was her daughter's friend. And so she's like, you want to work there? You want to manage? That was when tanning beds were a big thing and you laid in them for 45 minutes, you know? So we did that as teenagers. I managed that. And then she started teaching me how to teach aerobics. Mm -hmm. And then I started working, um, and just following her around, like, as she trained clients and really talking to people that were working out and just really trying to understand what was going on. And all this was happening at the age of 15. So I I was just absorbing as much as I could in, um, in that time that I had. And then that just morphed into me loving the human body and the human form and trying to understand 
the science that we are, right? And um, I didn't quite, but you know, life is a journey. And um, I, I just, I looked to keep that going as much as possible. And it really didn't um, really sink in, even though I got my certification that I really wanted to be there until that baby was born. Mm. And that was my turning point of this is what, this is what I'm really called to do, right? We all kind of have this thing where we have our strength and our passion and they merge and you just go, I'm supposed to teach this because this is my passion and I know so much about it. Why would I not share this gift? Exactly. And that's the same for me, right? You know, I've almost 30 years in the restaurant business and here I am, you know, it says right below me, it says modern longevitarian, right? So I, 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 um, you know, first of all, making up your own word, right? I, I, I'm there with you on the, on the yeah. gynecologist, right? <laughs> um, I didn't make it up. I didn't make the word up. Um, actually it was written in a book, uh, in 1857. So, wow. um, yep. And, and you can find that on, on Google books. Right. And I just searched longevitarian when I thought of it eight and a half years ago, and um, and I was like, wow, it's referring to people over 100 years old. And not that I want to really ex extend lifespan, but health span is really the most important piece of the, of the puzzle for me. Right. And and so I had the same way. It's like when I got furloughed from my job in Santa Monica back in March, um, my um, really dear friend, Malia, um, she said, you know, modern longevity. And I've been I was kind of toying with it. I'd done a couple things. I had some stickers made um, that I had on my car, but I was like, I was the restaurant GM coach. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm not in a restaurant anymore. And I'm not thinking about restaurants. Right. And I was like, and she's like, you're really the modern longevitarian. I was like, took about 47 seconds for me to go, you know what? You're right. Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that um, is me. Why am I not living that? <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, and so I've gone, you know, straight into that, you know, and, and, but I get so asked so much about, you know, the restaurant world. And it, that's why I think, you know, food's such a big piece of me because I watch people eat, um, you know, food and their habits from a restaurant, from, a, you know, just watching, observing, you know, and then looking at body compositions and what they're eating and, and all those type of things. I haven't really talked about this publicly, but that's I've lost 40 pounds twice. I'm like watching these things, right? And right. I started intermittent fasting and I go to work at the breakfast and I'm watching people panic because their pancakes hadn't showed up in seven minutes. Right. But there's a 30 minute wait to get in the front door. And it's like, you can't make pancakes in seven minutes. Right. But they're hung, they're hangry. And then they're apologizing to me as they're leaving that they were upset earlier and how carb, you know, dependent they are, you know, but anyway, back to what I was saying is, is that this is, I know so much about this and developed this whole thing. And I wasn't even telling the world about it. Right. right? And, 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 and those things. So I have tremendous respect, uh, for, for that. So you started out as like aerobics and tanning beds and those things, but functional training didn't come until later. I would imagine, cause that wasn't really a thing when you were, if I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to guess your age, but I'm trying to like think back to 15 and, you know, 18 and trying to put these things together. So how, when did functional training come in and, and what do you love about that? Um, the functioning training was different, also kind of a made up thing because there are um, functional therapists, but there are not um, classified functional trainers. That's not mm -hmm. like a term that most people use. And so it was more of a, I know how to teach people to move their bodies, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. how I started. But I really wanted to bring in the other aspects of 
getting your food right and getting your mind right, getting um, mind, body, and soul, making that full connection. And um, when you say mind, body, soul to some, the, and you can't, what, your mind, body, soul trainer, mm -mm, that's not, lots of people have gone, that's a woo kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, Stay away from the woo, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Woo woo. Or so you're a witch or yeah. <laughs> like, what do you really do? And so when you say functional trainer to someone that kind of just resonates with a lot more minds. And so um, that's where that term came from. And it is more of just the collective of, I go through eight principles that I, I don't necessarily teach them to people. But it's eight principles that we all should know, but none of us practice. You know, you and I practice it, but most don't, right? right. You've already hit on the first one, sleep. Um, it's not the first one that I do. Breathing is always the hierarchy of my totem pole, if you were to look at it that way. Um, because without breath, we, we can go without food and water and sleep, but we can't go without breathing, right? That has to be at the very top. It, it, it's like you read my mind, right? I read, <laughs> yeah. my, I read my website, right? Or something. I don't, I don't I know. That's, you know, we just think alike. <laughs> but the same thing. I, I always said it's like the breath. That's why, you know, mindset's first and then breath. I don't know if you can see it. That's my, my second pillar is breath because after five minutes, brain cells start, <clears throat> start dying. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you yeah. know, and, and so, all right. So, so breathing. But you can't, right? you can't even have a mindset without breathing, right? You, you have to be in that mode. So breathing is my hierarchy. Right. Um, and then there is a lot of mindset, but here's where the personalization comes in. When I have a client is I have these eight steps, so to speak, or pillars that I use. And I really kind of deep dive with breathing and then I want to start where the next worst step is. So if you have an, an, a horrible time sleeping, we're going to go into sleep and let's focus on sleep. That's going to gather in all the other things that I cover, but we are going to make sure that we get your sleep right. Or if you have a hard time not going to the fridge five times a day and just picking out or getting in the cupboard and getting something that's in a can box or bag, right? Like that's the problem, especially in America. Stop eating out of a can box or bag. Right. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Um, or, you know, basic detoxing. If you're not pooping every day, this is a problem. Did right. You see my, did you see my show yesterday? I didn't. No. Uh, t uh, today's day. What is today? Uh, today's day 27 of 28 for uh, coffee enemas. I did see that you were doing that. I would love to hear more about that. <laughs> that I have I have a childhood trauma that I can't get over the enema thing, but I would love to hear someone else's experience. <laughs> right, right, right. So you're let's talk about pooping. You've even got Instagram pictures pictures of you sitting on a toilet, right? Yes. I've seen, yes, I've seen that, right? Because Scott, how important is pooping? You know this. We have to get the gunk out. Right. right? Well, We're putting all this stuff in. Where is it going? Not yep. all of it is usable in our bodies. I just learned this, right? I just learned this, right? Because I was thinking, well, I could just eat my way out of it, eat all the right things, right? Or take all the right <laughs> supplements. Uh-oh. Right. Um, oh, 
Sorry, an alarm went off on my phone. I got to figure out, turn that off for tomorrow. I don't know what happened there, <laughs> right? But um, I just learned this, right? And uh, how important detoxing is and that my, li my liver was struggling, right? Yes, my liver, liver was struggling so much. To, 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 to detox. And so my skin was breaking out. I was getting eczema and I was getting like all these things happening. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And come to find out it was my liver. And, um, and I was, my poop wasn't, it, what it needed Optimal? to be. Yes. It wasn't, uh, I wasn't my, I didn't optimize my pooping. Right. <laughs> We're biohacking that pooping process. Right. Right. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that, that's, no. uh, that, that's something that I've learned uh, just in the last month. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a thing for me my entire life um, without outing a family member. I do have someone in my life that at a young age I saw already had these issues, right? It was a constant, it was a family issue because of this issue. And so moving into adulthood, I never had issues with this. Um, but it, you have to realize as you start studying it, you realize it's not just what you're eating. It is a combination of how much stress you have and how much water you're actually intaking. And was your sleep regular? Even if it's not perfect, is it regular? Uh, what is happening in your body, or in your environment, in your world that is making this good or bad? Right. And I think even the people that are, quote unquote, pooping and doing it right every single day, it may not be right. And that's, that's why I started posting pictures of me on a toilet, honestly, because <laughs> people think, well, I poop every day. Well, that's great. Does it look the way it should? Because just because something's coming out doesn't mean nothing is staying in. <laughs> right. right. Well, I mean, Dr. Gundry and Dr. Terry Walls talk about, you know, mm. you know poop, you know, when that right. it should be. One says there should be a coiled snake in the toilet every morning and um, I think Dr. Gundry says it should be an anaconda, right? I'm, it's like, wow, you know, right. um, I don't know if you've seen this book, I, um, Fiber Fueled, right? Have I you haven't. seen that? No, yeah. that looks it's, like right up my alley though. Yeah, Fiber Fueled is really, it has like a, a recipes and plan in the back, you know, for like really how to restore your gut. And mm -hmm. um, uh, Dr. Dr. B is what he goes by here. He's a... It's really, so it says plant-based gut health program for losing weight, restoring your health and optimizing your microbiome. And um, I'm, you know, cause I was keto okay. for so long, it's mm -hmm. hard for me to like mentally go, I need to go like have oatmeal for breakfast and cause I don't eat breakfast, I intermittent fast, mm -hmm. right? Which I think you have a unique take on intermittent fasting too. I do. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, um, but we, we can talk about that too, but you know, you're talking about, you've got into the, the gut and, and mm -hmm. pooping and those type of things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. it's, um, but it's, it's all, it's all connected. Right. And I really mm -hmm. love what the message that you're saying is that this is all an experiment for one, right. It's mm -hmm. the way that I say it and you're right. Somebody may have sleep dialed in, right. right. But they may not have their movement dialed in. Right? right. Or they may not, um, they might not, may not be getting connected with the earth or getting connected with the uh, community. Right. Right. Or um, they may not be breathing right. 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 70% of American adults are mouth breathers. Breathe through their mouth. Which I mean, is also a good thing. Did you know you detox 65% of 
of your toxins out of your mouth. Well, so, I didn't know that, no. Mouth breathing is not altogether a bad thing, except for you need to be balanced in it, right? Think about yoga. Whenever you do, I'm imagining you've done a lot of yoga, um, a, a lion breath, right? And it's just like, ha, ah, get it all out. That's literally what I'm saying is like 65% just get it out. But you have to make sure you're balanced in that because we have a nose for a reason. Right. <laughs> Multiple yeah. reasons, but. All right. Well, it's supposedly 30 functions, right? You know, if you really do the research mm -hmm. on it, the nose is 30 functions in this time, day and time with a, you know, a pandemic, right? It mm -hmm. filters out, it filters the air. It does. It warms or cools the air depending on, you know, how hot it is outside. Humidifies the air, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. It's you know, an ultra and, filter for a lot of things. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> I think the biggest difference for me is the, um, you know, the uh, nitric oxide release, right? This in there. Um, and because when I started taping my mouth closed, when I sleep, it, um, it totally like day three, there's two things that happened. It was like, I had surgery on my sinus and I was hundred percent healed and everything was open. Yeah, like even okay. when I cleaned my ear out with a Q-tip, I could tell that the, my ear canal was larger. I was like, wait a minute, that much inflammation. I was inflamed that much that my ear canal is and then my left side specifically. Um, and the other thing is, and this happens about 50% of the people that tape their mouth shut, is that my sense of taste like exponentially grew. And for a person who's a restaurant person, right? That's huge. Food tastes better. I was like, possible. <laughs> right. What's going on? So I'm emailing Don Gordon, who is in the book Oxygen Advantage, written by Patrick McKeon as a subject. And he said this happened in about 50% of the people and they don't know why. And I was like, my dreams of becoming a psalm can now come true. I can taste things now because I thought I'd ruined it being around all the chemicals and toxic world that I lived in um, racing go-karts, right? Mm, you know, yeah. soaking tires in kerosene, putting tire prep on it, had creosote in it. Creosote is what's on the railroad ties and the telephone poles that causes cancer. We used to like with no gloves, just I'd be, I'd be covered yeah. in this stuff, right? Oh, well, you know, like whatever. It's like, you know, those type of things. But, you know, back to the liver, I want to go back to this because I want, want to explain this. My, my, my dad got prostate cancer at age 55, mm. right? He's a cancer survivor, 72 now. Wow. Um, and my mom got um, uterine cancer a couple of years later, about the same age. And um, wow. both of them had to go through, had, at least have surgery. Um, and, and dad had chemo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to think I'm 48, right? So I'm seven years before that age, right? And mm -hmm. very similar way of dealing with stress, very similar sleep patterns, um, very similar, you know, life because we get programmed in these first six years of our lives, right? You know, our, our brains okay. are in theta. We get pro get this download, and it's just every every generation gets this download, right? Yep. I look back at my son who's eighteen, right, and I'm going, God, that's me, you know, before I started evolving, right, and becoming enlightened and meditating and those type of things. I was like, he's got my same temperament, he's got all those things, and so it's a carbon copy of me, right, mm -hmm. because. Of he experienced in his first six years of his life. And, and I am therefore, you know, physically my, my genetic expression based off all of those things is similar to my parents, right? right. It's a mix of those things. Right. And, um, and so I was like, and I started as when I started like having these facial breakouts and those things, I was like, you know what? I bet, you know, my dad was probably going to some similar type symptoms and 
you know, so what can I do? Started asking, you know, um, what can I do to to fix this versus why it's happening? Right. And that's where the coffee enema came in, and it changed me. And now, even on top of the the nasal nasal um, inflammation going down because of taping my mouth shut, which I still do almost every night. Um, mm. I wake up sometimes and the mouth tape's gone. I'm like, I don't know where it is. I'll end up, I'll find it somewhere, right? It's in your wife's hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, I'm stuck on the wall or on a pillowcase or something <laughs> like that, right? Um, but but my point being is that uh, doing um, the coffee enemas, my inflammation's gone down even more. Like wow. while it's even happening, I can breathe better. Mm-hmm. It's wild, like super wild that, you know, you're stimulating your, your liver to produce glutathione, right. Up to 600% in this process. And you're actually, you know, you know, you know, lowering inflammation by doing the opposite of what you would think to do. I mean, I had a cup of coffee this morning, right. Right. But I'm going to have some more coffee today. Well, that's the thing is most people don't realize And I know I said earlier, I have like this trauma that I have to still get over (laughs) with the enema. Um, I haven't been able to go that far. But when you take something internally right through your mouth, it has to go through this long process to actually be able to absorb. And the percentage that you actually get is so small, so, so small. But if you can do it from the opposite end, it absorbs almost instantaneously, right? And you have felt that personally. Yep. And the percentage that you actually get is so much larger. So if you're able to do anything, like I take time-released um, encapsulated uh, probiotics because right. I, I'm getting them through the stomach acid and then they release into my actual gut. And mm-hmm. so that that's super important to me that I know the science behind what's actually happening. And I'm not just, oh, well, this person has told me to buy this and do this, so I'm doing it. Right. Everybody so, needs to do their own research for their own selves. Right. I, I take spore-based. Have you heard of spore-based probiotics? I have. I have. Yeah. Do you like it? I do. I really do. I can definitely tell a difference. So that like when if I if my subscription, if I run out, like I'm like, oh, I want to take a couple extra and I run out, and then like three days later, it's like I can tell my mood changes a little bit. I get a little bit crankier and I'm just like going, oh gosh, I got to really guard myself until my new shipment arrives mm-hmm. because, um, and it's, it's crazy. Probiotics can really affect mood. It's like, you know, your it's gut. Your gut. It's yes, your gut. gut. <laughs> this yeah. is the biggest aha when I um, am working with clients is they don't even realize that they feel bad every day. Mm. They're just used to the way that they feel and they get this change and this happens all the time. It's like, <gasps> something's happening. Well, I'm like, is it good or bad? I don't know. I'm like, okay, we'll just sit with it. <laughs> you know, like they come, oh my gosh, I'm thinking clearer or I slept better or, you know, my husband and I usually have like a little tiff once a week or whatever. And that hasn't happened in weeks. Mm. Yeah. It, wow those changes are amazing. What are we doing? And you have to, it's like a child, right? We all need to have that said over and over and over again. But just to reiterate what you're saying, it's like we live this life where we're watching what we eat and how we do these functions in our life. And even you're saying, man, one day, and I'm like, no, this is not the life I want. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, 
um, you know, you, and you, and all these pieces fit together, you know, it's like, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm working, you know, doing this show, doing all the things that I do. And then my son's starting studying for the ACT. Right. So I'm like his personal tutor on top of that. Right. Right. Days I'm like, I just put everything aside and I go help him. And then it's like, Oh, I need to go. I do my coffee enema. Right. I got to go do that. Right. And it may be 11 o'clock at night. Next thing you know, I'm up to one o'clock in the morning, then my sleep's impaired. Right. And then I wake up and I'm a little cranky the next day. And you're just like going, what's going on? I feel amazing. I can breathe better. But I'm like, oh, I messed up my sleep because I'd probably stimulated myself too late in the Mm -hmm. evening for Mm -hmm. that. And so it's like, um, so I'm going to do it earlier today. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, don't wait um, till noon. Almost anything past noon. You're like, I'm screwed. Wait till tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, the half-life on... um, on caffeine, six to eight hours, right? If you're drinking coffee that way. So right, if you drinking. have <laughs> yeah, if you're drinking coffee, right? That's six to eight hours. And right. um, and this is, this is in my book, my sleep book that I mentioned earlier. Um, there's several things you should stop doing hours before sleep. You know, no, not intense exercise within an hour. Don't look at blue light within one to two hours um, before sleep. Stop eating two hours before going to sleep. Stop drinking alcohol two to three hours before sleep, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, you know, and then stop drinking caffeine six to eight, maybe even 10 hours before you plan on going to sleep. Right. And so since I did all this research for the, for the book, I don't have a cup of coffee after 12. So like, if I just get like busy making graphics for tomorrow's, you know, show and I look up and it's one o'clock in the morning, right? I mean, one o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. um, I go, well, I missed my window for coffee. So no right. more coffee. Right. right. And it's just like, instead of me going, oh, it'll be okay, right? But you know that that's, you know, in a cup of coffee is going to be, you know, let's say 150 milligrams of caffeine. You know, eight hours later, I'm going to have 75 still pumping through my veins, stimulating my body, my brain, right? So you won't be able to go to sleep, right? right? That's, that's why this is called outstanding landing, right? Because it's all about landing to get to sleep. And then you can really take off the next day, Right. right? Because we do so much to stimulate stimulate ourselves. So is there any type of, let's switch to breathing for a second, because you start there, I start there really. So Mm -hmm. is there any type of breathing method or breathing style that you love or practice or or you like, I mix a lot of things together. So let's talk about the breath a little bit. Yeah, I'm kind of a mixer. And it really is, you know, our fast paced lives, we wake up and every day is different. I don't know about you, every day for me is different. I have a packed schedule and I really try to do whatever is going to serve me for that day. And then at night as well, you know, some mornings I'm more anxious because of, you know, a specific thing happening or some nights I'm more maybe just revved up a little too much or um, maybe more tired because of what happened during the day. And so I'll use maybe my time will fluctuate. And the way that I breathe, or maybe I need an actual meditation instead of doing it internally. And just for myself, I'll find something on YouTube or an app that I have to really just kind of calm down. If I can't get out of my head, that's the big thing is getting out of your head when you do a meditation, right? Um, And then uh, the actual breathing style really depends on how fast my heart is beating, how much I think that I've breathe during the day. I mean, there's some days I know how my body structure should look. I know how to breathe properly. And at the end of the day, if I were to look in the mirror, I would look just like this, like all hunched over because 
of what's happened during the day, but what does that tell me about my breathing style for the day that I haven't been breathing correctly? I want right. to have my shoulders back to have that posture correctly so that it all functions correctly. So I take all that into account um, in the morning and in the evening as I'm either starting my day or ending my day. Right. Yeah. So. Right. It, it's, you know, it's so true. You know, it's like um, I didn't sleep so good, <clears throat> good uh, Sunday night because I was like, I'm going to do I, I'd done a live show on Friday, but I'm like, <clears throat> I'm really committing to doing this live show. And I was like, what mm -hmm. do I want to say? How do I want to do it? You know, you know, all these things. Right. And it was like, I, I didn't sleep the brain off. Good. Right. I, I, it was hard. Right. For me. And mm -hmm. so here I am doing breathing exercises, listening to meditation. It's like I just accepted the fact that, you know, to, that was going to be kind of a rough night's sleep. Right. Right. It took me a day to, to recover from that. And um, and that's even me from someone who understands this, practices and does those type of things. I start almost every morning with breathing exercises. Right. And um, I interviewed Lucas Rockwood. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He founded Yoga Body. Oh, and um, he actually did a TED uh, talk, a TEDx talk on the breath, and it has millions of views. I mean, it's really, really cool. And he breaks down coffee, in the, I mean, uh, breaks down, not coffee, breathing into three categories. One being stimulated, he calls it coffee, then a water breath, and then a whiskey breath. So it's a really interesting way of, of doing that. You know, so, there, so I call it stimulating, balancing, and relaxing you know, styles of breaths. Mm -hmm. um, I love what he said about Wim Hof. And I don't know if you know who Wim Hof is or not, the Iceman. Mm -hmm. He said, um, Yogi, uh, he, he calls it uh, Wim Hof's breathing method, a uh, Yogi speedball. <laughs> 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 because you're doing this um, stimulating breath, you know, right. like a, a, a mock, you know, hyperventilation. And then you exhale and then you hold your breath as long as you can. Right. Right. With, with retention, with no air in your lungs. And another, aspect of it is doing the push-ups without breathing, without air in your lungs. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I did that right before I called you this morning prior to the show. I mean, I did that one thing. And then I went and took a cold shower after I got off the phone with you and then got ready, ready for this. And, um, but I also practice Boteco. You know, I look at all these different breathing styles. I do four by four box breath, Dr. Wheels, four, seven, eight, for relaxing. Yeah. So, I do all all of those things, and I kind of have made my own my own method of having a stimulating breath, right? Having a balancing, you know, four by four box breath, mm -hmm. and then actually um, having this Doctor Wheels, you know, the yoga breath, the four seven eight, that really kind of calms you. And I do that going into meditation, in which I do a transcendental meditation. So, okay. um, which I think you made a comment. You said your friends that all do that have a healthy addiction. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, healthy addictions. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to keep everything in balance. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, um, Rachel, before I ask my last question, uh, where uh, can people find you online? Um, RachelLNani.com. Rachel Elnani is my signature for Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, any, any platform, Twitter, even, um, yeah. And anyone can message me at any time. Rachel Elnani at gmail.com. I answer messages there. There are lots of ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. I love answering questions and um, helping people understand their actual body. Don't you love that? Like that's, that's like a high for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a puzzle, right? It is. 
It is. Everybody's everybody's different. And I love that your approach is, you know, basically you start with the breath and then you figure out where where they're missing it from there. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like my parents didn't talk about, hey, drink this amount of water every day. Right. They didn't know. They gave us what they knew and they didn't know anything. (laughs) Right. You know, and my, you know, my mom, I was talking to her yesterday and, you know, she turned 70 in April and she was like telling me she used to teach aerobics. Right. And she's like, I should have never stopped. Right. Mm. And you're like, you're right. You know, and, and, and you're thinking that, and, um, it's, uh, it's really, uh, you know, a wild thing because, you know, my dad, you know, he was in the military, he went to Vietnam and, and those things, but, it we it wasn't like we went and exercised or worked out or any of those type of things. He did, you know, he was a truck driver and, you know, on the weekends we were fixing things and we were racing and we were, you know, doing, doing that, those type of things. We didn't talk about, you know, like specifically like, you know, you know, heat or cold exposure or my, he did, he did work on mindset, which was really cool to look back at the things he taught me through my racing career that really helped me. Right. Um, and you know, it was really, really a, a, a cool experience to 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 have that type of training at such a young age, right? You know, and he would you know, like the first thing. One of the first things was I had my mom paint on the back of the number panel, and you could kind of see the number panel through the steering wheel. Okay. And it said, "Think, finish." So, because bef- to, it, there's an old saying in racing is that to finish first, you must first finish, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you just got to finish the race, right? You got to finish yeah. what you start. Most importantly, yeah. yeah but I love you. how you didn't even realize that was a mindset thing. But now, you know, at your age now, you're like, that was such a good foundational thing for me because those are the things that you learn that trickle through every part of your life. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to finish everything that you start, yeah. not just a race, but everything in life. Right. So that I think that's paramount, especially when you're raising children, is to instill those little things. So that's that's amazing that you can look back and say, yeah, yeah that's what I have. I have a couple of those from my childhood too. Yeah. Everything else was askew, but you're like, okay, I got <laughs> these three things, and they work for me even as an adult now. <laughs> right, and you're haunted by enemas, but we're not going to get into that stuff. Yeah, we'll right get into now. that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another episode. Uh, all right, so the last question. I know this is normally what I do on my podcast, and I felt it really fits to do this, and that is um, if you could give one piece of advice to someone to, to how they could expend, extend their lifespan, mm-hmm. right? Not, excuse me, their health span, not lifespan, health span. Quality of life. Let yeah. me start over again. Let me go. So, <laughs> I can't edit that out because this is a live show. If you could give one piece of advice how somebody could extend their health span, what would that advice be? Um, I would say get a coach. Mm. Honestly, I mean, it sounds like I'm doing this self-promotion, but it doesn't matter who it is. It's someone to keep you in check and educate you. If you're not going to educate yourself, find someone to help educate you and double check them. Don't just take anybody at any word that they're giving you. You need to make sure that, again, this is a personalized approach for you. Find the right person to help you be the guide through this journey, but also make sure that it fits you specifically. Yeah, right. I, I, so. I agree 100%, right? Because, you know, when I started intermittent fasting, it gave me permission to skip breakfast. And I'm never hungry in the morning because I'm a night owl, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just not hungry. Not mm-hmm. hungry too much. It's almost like a timer, two o'clock, 
and I'm starting to get hungry at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, even so the chefs, when they would say, "Hey, hey, uh, Hefe, you're, uh, you're it's two o'clock. You, you may make you something, right?" And so I don't know if they were if I got you after that or whatever, but but you know it's um, you know that type of stuff. But <clears throat> but my point being is, you know, I got spammed just recently on LinkedIn with somebody trying to sell me their coaching services. Mm. You know, and he sent me this free like. Um, you know, free, uh, like diet plan. And mm-hmm. it had three, three square meals a day started out with, you know, high carbs in the morning and it wasn't keto. It wasn't those things. I'm like, this guy didn't even look at my profile. Right. No, doesn't even know who you are. <laughs> intermittent faster, keto for four years, intermittent faster for eight and a half years, keto for four and a half years. Right. You know, all these things. And it was like, didn't even, I was like, you know, so, so what happens is just because you have a you have a coach that is at your local gym that may not be the right person that fits you is what I really wanted to say right, right. And that's a great thing about this online world we live in today is that you can find a coach like you that says hey I'm going to help you develop a plan that fits you the best based off you know how you operate today and what you need right, right. we're going to start with breathing right and if your sleep's not right we're going to fix that but if your sleep's good we're going to work on movement right, right? And, and, and food, right. You know, and, and kind of go down that road, right. And mm-hmm. fix your gut, right. Because it all really starts in there, the gut. Right yeah. there in the central area. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Life is right there. I mean, think about it. Our, our umbilical cord was attached there, right. That's where our belly button is. It is literally our center space. That's where we got nourishment before we were even, you know, functioning on our own. Wow. And, and, you know, also the download of the microbiome comes through the birthing process through the, That's you know, right. vaginal canal, right? Right. Yeah. Right. That's, That's a whole, I mean, we could do a five hour podcast on that alone, right? Right. <laughs> right. So well, important. <laughs> and the fact that I was uh, born through C-section, right? So you didn't you get know, all of that. And so I you think- were starting behind already and it's not your fault. Yeah. And what do you do about it? But now you have to, that's one of the questions that I ask. I mean, that's, I I have a lot of questions when I take on a client, but that's one of the things. Were you born C-section or vaginal? Mm. Was, do you know if your mother had an epidural or any drugs at at any point during that process? And were you breastfed or bottle fed? Mm. Those are, those are your foundational principles that your body gets. And if you don't get them, well, now you've gone in a lifetime at this point without them. And how do we make that up? How do, right. how do we speed up that process for you? Yeah, how do we, how do we make up this deficit? Exactly. You know, without, uh, as, and I'm not, Donald Trump said, without making the cure worse than the disease. Right. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Right? Because we'll need a new shot for that old shot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, that's really, really, really what it, what it is. You know, um, I, do you have any questions for me about anything? You know, not immediately. I can tell we're, I mean, I knew that we had so much in common. I think it's going to be amazing to keep a working relationship and just kind of play off each other. Yeah. It's, it's good. I didn't realize how much we are, we're playing on the same field on so many areas. We are, we are for sure. You know, and that's, uh, that's amazing, you know, and, and that, that's, that's, I mean, this is what the environment needs, right? Or the world needs, right? It needs these things. And, um, and it all kind of fits together, right? And that's what I've done, you know, like in the racing world, you know, you have to look at every, you know, possible var- variable that to, to make your go-kart go fast, right? Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. And that is humidity and, and that's the track temperature and that's the tire compounds and the gear ratios and the horsepower bands and all these different things you put them together. So when you go on the track, you can win the race. Right. Restaurant world too is the same thing. How fast is the pantry going? Are they behind or not? Am I short staffed at the host stand? How many servers do I have on? How many reservations do I have tonight? How many private events do I have tonight mm-hmm. to make it all work? When you look at health, right, and you go mindset, breath, hydration, sleep, food, fasting, um, feasting, movement, you know, hot and cold exposure. You're looking at connection to the earth and nature and people. It's all one thing that goes in to make to influence your your epigenetics, you know, or or your genetic expression to give you a certain like microbiome that's flourishing or not right you know and or are you strong enough to do this or not right are you mentally strong enough to do this or not right so it's all the same same thing and, and you've put these together but you came from a completely different place to do that exactly right yeah and that's yeah. amazing i i'm uh, i agree with you 147 percent. right we need to keep keep going and and uh and, and work this out so yeah i can't thank you enough for coming on the show on such short notice yeah loved it thanks for having me Uh, You're welcome. So I'm going to sign off right now with that. And then um, we're going to, uh, we're going to go from there. So have a great day. We'll chat soon. All right. We'll have you back on the show at some point. All right. right. Sounds great. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All righty. All right. So we're going to finish up the show right now. And um, anyway, thanks to Rachel for coming on. Absolutely amazing conversation we are um we got a lot of things in common we see things on the same same way tomorrow's show let's tease that a little bit uh vegan chef katie horn's coming on tomorrow i've had her on the podcast i've interviewed her for both of my podcasts only aired one of them so far and um she's recently gone through uh in the process of a body transformation and so uh, um it's been i'm looking forward to having her on the show we're no no telling where we're going to take it because uh, we love talking about all of those things. So over now. And uh, if it's your Friday, have a great weekend.